the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Spain, and today we have a new guest, Leonardo Law. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, Leonardo, uh, I think we should let listeners know where you fit into this big wide world of business and tech here in New Zealand. All right, so first of all, um, I'm a tech enthusiast. I love tech, you know, surround myself with tech, basically. Um, But I'm a a director of two transport companies um, here in Auckland, um, Recur Transport and uh, Freight Plus. So, yeah, um, I basically just want to innovate the the businesses just to keep up with the times. Yeah, good, good. Well, let's uh, let, let's jump in now. You're just back from the US, right? Where have you been? Yes, so I went to uh, America, Austin, Austin, Texas. Yes, and what was the event? The event was Zoholics 2019. So this is an annual event for uh, Zoho, who is a, you know, a software as a service uh, provider that. We don't hear a huge amount about in, in New Zealand, but uh, you know, they've been around for, for a few years. In fact, I think the last time we talked about them on the show was when they made an announcement that they had signed up uh, the warehouse as a customer here uh, in New Zealand. And uh, I guess a, a little bit has, uh, has changed about uh, um, Zoho locally uh, since uh, since then because the uh, former chief information uh, officer uh, of the warehouse uh, is now um, running uh, Zoho. He's the, the, the uh, head of Zoho uh, across Australia and New Zealand as well as having a, uh, having a global role. That's right, yes. So yeah, so Zoho have been around for probably about 25 years, same founder, CEO. Um, yeah, what I think they first started off as a CRM um, platform, um, but since then they've uh, evolved into uh, a lot of other services. Um, oh, they have, they probably have, I don't know, probably about 30 or more different yeah, types of do, apps. Do, do, dozen, dozens of yeah, offerings that, that can compete with the Microsofts and Googles right. and you know, a whole, whole lot of players. It's just quite exactly. a broad, broad suite. Um, so basically what, how, what Zoho is, is basically they are what they call the operating system for the business. And so you know, you've got your CRM, you've got business analytics, um, you've got um, Desk, which is their customer service uh, software, yeah, you name it, they've got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah everything to run the business. Uh, they've got a lot, and you were across there with uh, with Timothy as the, as the head for the uh, for the region. You both went across from New Zealand. Yes, we did. It was just me and him from uh, from New Zealand. Yeah, uh, going across. So, oh, that's yeah. good. That's good. All right. Well, now let's uh, let's jump into some of the news. Few few interesting bits and pieces going on. Uh, sounds like Amazon are likely to offer a free ad supported tier to their Amazon uh, music service, which I guess you know competes with Spotify, but they're 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 growing that I I would say in part just because so many people have Amazon Echo devices, so people are 
really buying in more to their ecosystem because of that and also in the US with such tremendous uptake of Amazon's uh, free delivery through Amazon Prime any any of these bits and pieces sort of become natural and in fact you get a level of free music access with Amazon Prime anyway so it seems it seems like a, a natural maneuver for them I don't know what that will look like globally quite hard to I guess compete directly with Spotify and Apple Music but it sort of makes sense that uh, that you know that, that that we continue seeing competition from Amazon also you know Google's in this space as well uh, I think it's good I think it's good too yeah, yeah. now Apple looks like that they're going to uh, actually be throwing a lot of money at their upcoming arcade um, product, which is their their gaming uh, service, which of course you're going to be able to get a- access to across you know a number of Apple devices, including the uh, uh, the app the Apple TV. Uh, the word out there is that there will be something like uh, half a billion dollars that they're throwing in the direction of that. So they're. Uh, they're, they're very committed to really make this a platform that takes off. And I guess it's fair to say you look at the sorts of bets that Apple usually takes. Mm. In a lot of cases, they do quite well. Mm. And I think it's fair to say really when it comes to gaming, it's about content. It's about the games, isn't it? Having, having really great games, having exclusives. So if they're going to make this thing really fly, and of course Apple already pockets a huge amount of uh, games already through mm. through the App Store, mm. they clip the ticket, and mm. you know seem seem to make more 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 profit in some cases uh, probably than the uh, the game developers. This is uh, just going to become a, another strong revenue stream for them if if they get it right. So it's sort of worth them, uh, you know, making a really solid bet and 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 investing well. Yeah, I um, look at isn't that interesting timing with um, Google's Stadia? You know, yes, just yes, released um, right. not not long ago. Um, yeah, I think that Google Stadia is going to be really, really, really interesting. The fact that you don't need a console, you know, it's all just streaming. Yeah, yeah, and I read somewhere else that you know, with the with the next um, PlayStation consoles um, and the next Xbox, that it might be the la- final console that we will ever see. You know, so I think that that's quite interesting. Um, yeah, on on Apple, I guess it kind of makes sense. You know, like think about when the iPhone first came out and how the whole gaming like shifted. You know, how everyone's just you know on their on their on their on their smartphones as well on their iPhones and playing Time, games. So. Times are def- definitely changing. I mean, in order for these things to work that are streaming games, we have to have decent internet connections. Good, good devices. I think with Google Stadia, we still haven't got confirmation on exact dates. Mm. Uh, Google have announced that they are going to be launching North America, UK and Europe this year. I'm not sure about where New Zealand comes in uh, into that in terms of their uh, local commitment. Haven't heard a whole lot on that uh, front, but, but no doubt we will hear... When when they when they get around to it, so mm. uh, yeah, I mean it's certainly going to be quite a different world from a gaming perspective 
over the next you know few years as things uh, things things progress a lot more and it you know it's all all cloud based gaming I suppose absolutely yeah absolutely. yeah now the another headline that caught my attention was Microsoft apparently looking to take on Apple's AirPods with their wireless Surface earbuds. Now this is. It's, it's kind of curious because you look at Microsoft and you don't really think of them as being a company that really is that successful when it comes to selling products to yeah. consumers. Yeah. That said, they've been selling very, yeah, very, very good, um, you know, quantities of their Surface devices now for a good few few years. They're up to their Surface Pro Six, Surface Book Two, Surface Laptop Two. Uh, they did launch their own, uh, you know, headphones, which go up against the Bose and so on, sort of a year or so back. And those those products that they're branding with Surface are very nice products. And I guess it comes down to how much the R&D costs and how many of them they can sell, but maybe there is a, a sort of bigger picture for them to maybe compete again in that consumer space at, at some point in time in a, in a more dramatic way. Obviously, that you know they, they do with the X, you know, on the on the Xbox yeah, front, absolutely. Uh, you know, very very strongly. Although that's it's a little bit of an odd fit within the the, the things that Microsoft sells now. Mm. It it does seem as though they've uh, really you know, drilled into uh, you know, business, their cloud products, productivity with uh, Office three six five and Microsoft three six five. Offering so if that does you know come about, uh, I, I you know would I would imagine that they'll release a product that's uh, that's pretty good, but it's also becoming uh, a space where there's a, there's a fair bit of competition, and we'll chat during the show about my experience with uh, with Samsung's competition in this space uh, against what, what what Apple are doing with the uh, the Bluetooth wireless uh, wireless earbuds because uh, it's certainly it's certainly heating up and there are you know all sorts of other players that are uh, that are in that that space as well so yeah kind of kind of interesting to see if Apple uh, if Microsoft jump in mm. Are there any Microsoft products that you use? You've got your iPad Pro sitting there on on your lap. You seem to be very, um, you know, well connected with the Apple brand, but not not just Apple for you, is it? No, 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 not just Apple. Uh, for me, I like to be quite open. I love tech, and so um, all products go, you know, I'll just give it a go. Um, interestingly enough, I think, you know, in terms of like the the Windows compatibility range. I I think that the the Surface is probably the best in terms of user experience and the design compared to like HP and all the other kind of brands. And um, yeah, and so yeah, good, good on them. Competition's always good. Um, one hardware that I personally have been waiting very very long time for a very very long time from from good old Microsoft is. Um, is their um their HoloLens? So oh yes, yeah, yeah. That's the HoloLens too. That's uh, right. Recently, haven't had a chance to play with that yet. 
and it looks very nice, but it's not a not a low cost uh, consumer product. Which yeah, I think initially it looked like oh maybe this is going to be you know something for gaming and for consumers, but it, it very much seems to have you know moved into that space of of being something with some very very specific. Uh, use cases and and you know, generally business uh, type uh, environments. Yeah, and, and and to be fair, not a lot of them at the moment. But in certain certain situations, where you can see those tools could be incredibly incredibly useful. Absolutely, I I really when they first started when they first came out, like when they first announced it, I really wanted to get my hands on on one, um, but. Yeah, even when I went into the Microsoft store in Sydney, I had a go with it. And even the the, the, the rep there at the time, he was like, yeah, don't get it. Because <laughs> there's not yeah. enough apps for it. They're still in development. And yeah, so, I, I think it comes down to those specific use cases where it is exactly. very cool. I did the, the walk, uh, a Microsoft event somewhere in the US where – in a virtual way, I was hanging out with Buzz Aldrin on Mars. Oh, wow. And that was pretty cool. <laughs> All right. Right? So, and they used that to, to talk about how NASA was using it. And I, and I don't know to what extent NASA use yeah. it, but it would allow someone to basically jump themselves onto Mars and, you know, explore the environment as though they were they were there without having to travel there which is somewhat difficult at the moment although yeah. Elon Musk has a has a plan to uh, solve that yeah so yes there are those cases and you know, I've been in Ford research and development center where they they've used uh, augmented reality or virtual reality a bit of, yeah a bit of, bit of both uh, to create an environment that allows you to do something that previously wouldn't have been possible. Exactly. So there's it, definitely some use cases. Yeah, but of it's course. Probably not as mainstream as what I think. You know, a lot were presuming in the the, the earlier days. That said, the picture could change, mm. especially if we look out a few years. Miniaturization, and you can just put on what fit, seems like a normal set of glasses. Mm. Or, you know, dive into some um, some very very futuristic thing where you got a direct brain connection. Then, mm. <laughs> hey, it would be a very different picture. So there we go. Now moving on to New Zealand activities, chorus, and that this comes quite quickly after after having had uh, Ian Bonner from Chorus uh, on the show. Is they've. They're, they're not in a great position, I, I would say, with the, the recent uh, information that's been revealed around issues with exploitation of uh, contractors eff- effectively. Now they're saying that, hey, we're going to improve. We're going to do. We're going to do a better job than we have done in the past. But when you look back, it was something like three years ago that their board seemed to become aware that there were issues in terms of how they were operating, uh, in terms of you know reasonable chunks of of workers not really probably being looked after as they should, and you know in some ways this is a reflection of the models that a lot of big entities. 
operate on, not just in New Zealand, but around the world. And you could look at Uber, uh, you can look at Airbnb, you know, the, uh, the sharing economy, uh, as sometimes playing a part in this as well, where the company that needs to get something done mm-hmm. is abstracted from certainly having to pay, you know, traditional hourly wages, uh, holiday pay, benefits, all of those other sorts of bits and pieces. And, you know, in the case of Chorus, they've got rates that have been agreed on and an install gets done and they pay X or Y or Z or whatever the appropriate you know rate is, depending mm-hmm. on what type of install. And those are generally worked out on that sort of basis from, uh, you know, from, from what we... What we see covered in the media. So, yeah, hearing that, um, you know, evidence of, of issues was presented to uh, Chorus Board uh, three years ago, and it's, it's now, you know, taken some time for them to get a report done and, you know, to find out what, uh, what the state is. Yes, now the, the chairman, uh, Patrick Strange, uh, is saying that, um, they're you know committed to doing the right thing uh, by people working on their behalf, uh, including those who have come to New Zealand to to build a better life for themselves and their and their, and their family. Well, yeah, they they uh, they absolutely should. But it also I think highlights the pressures right that we have in in New Zealand. It's not unique to New Zealand, but there's a pressure to get this new ultra fast broadband network built promptly now i haven't haven't heard of about these issues with any of the local fiber companies such as uh, you know north power and uh, the others uh yeah having having the same uh, challenges or getting in the same sort of hot water as chorus have but certainly some you know some pressure for them to get things delivered on time and it sort of looks like that they've Maybe cut a few corners here. Well, you could probably take out the maybe. It looks like they've cut a few corners in terms of how they operate. And here we are swinging into the last part of the the build. And right at the end, they're saying, "Hey, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna clean up. Uh, mm. We're gonna clean up our act." You know. Meanwhile, they've they've, they've got away with uh, maybe not looking after people uh, in the right way. And you know, basically, the allegations of of people being uh, underpaid. And and some other uh, scenarios that are, you know, not uh, not quite so good according to the, um, the you know the, the the coverage that I've uh, uh, I've seen on this things like um, um, workers basically you know paying bribes for sponsored work visas and mm, and the yes. like. So you know I hope that side of it very limited, but. Yeah, it doesn't uh, doesn't look good, and it's not just chorus. Of course, they uh, they work with their partners, Vision Stream and uh, and and UCG. So, yeah, there's some um, uh, responsibility, obviously, on on them who are co- you know then you know Vision Stream, for instance, contracting uh, out to a whole bunch of people mm. to actually get that get that work done. Exactly. Um, I I don't know about you, but it does make me wonder a little bit around. What are the you know, what are the right models? What's what's an what's an appropriate model? You know, do we have to rethink these sort of things entirely? I know you know in some markets, for instance, the the Uber 
model has been has been challenged probably in most most markets to Absolutely. some degree or or another and saying these people aren't aren't really contractors you know yeah. a lot of them don't work for anybody else That's so right. they, 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 they should be treated uh, like like employees and and given the you know equivalent uh, benefits what are your thoughts on on this um yeah um didn't was it like something like NZ Careers or something, something very, very similar um, that was on... Um, they have their own drivers yeah, and, and yeah, so yeah, on, and a lot of the courier companies. It's, I think it's pretty much the norm, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, look, I'm not, not, I'm not surprised, yeah, about... Yeah. With Uber, um, yeah, they've had plenty of lawsuits um, as well. What I think is that um, I think... I'm not sure when, but I think the law may change. You know, there's a lot of that difference between hey are they a contractor or are they an employee so yeah give it some time but i wouldn't be surprised um if that changes just to deal with issues quite like this yeah yeah uh, it, it, it worries me a little bit but mm, me too. Yeah, i think we will we will figure these things out and you know we are going through changing times and the likes of uh airbnb Uber and you know varying you know varying other sort of more modern sharing economy type services. Some of those that you know they all create their own uh, their own challenges too. Exactly. And yeah, there there may well need to at some point in time be some more innovation that comes up with something that's fairer, or you know ultimately the government eventually steps in. Uh, if these things aren't uh, aren't right, well, we we hope so. Not 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 that I I always like to see the government you know over uh, overstep their mark. It's that you know that that can be a challenging one in terms of where government should and should and shouldn't be. But exactly. I'm not not quite sure that we've landed in quite the right right place on this stuff. That's it. I'm not. I'm not sure we're, we're going to see anything anything triggered in the in the short term that's going to uh, change things. Now, into your world, the world of trucking and freight, and uh, you know, getting getting all sorts of um, you know product and so on delivered around the country. There was a news article uh, this week about driver fatigue monitoring cameras being in, installed uh, in trucks in New Zealand, and the figure that the Herald quoted was potentially uh, 4,000 uh, trucks to have this type of technology in, installed in them this year. Now, what the, what the, uh, the technology is called um, the Guardian, and it's an in uh, in vehicle or in cabin uh, infrared camera that uh, sits or attached to the dashboard actually looks like a Microsoft Connect uh, from the Xbox or all the other iterations of that sort of technology that we've seen in recent years in our in our smartphones uh, in our Microsoft Surface devices that uh, you know are, uh, are checking that you are. Um, you know, checking you from 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 um, doing a scan. Uh, that's what the technology looks like, and it looks like it shows some promise in terms of detecting the driver who's maybe losing concentration, uh, about to nod off, those 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 sorts of uh, situations. So, yeah, let let let's hear your thoughts. Is this what we need in in all our trucks or? 
is it um, is it sort of the um, uh, I guess a, a, an unnecessary use of technology is it is it an indicator that maybe we're already working truck drivers way too hard and too many hours if we need to look at this or is it is it genuinely a, a, a good thing will it save lives oh look I I think it's definitely a step in the right direction um, yeah health and safety you know very 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 important especially with the with the new laws um yeah I, I I definitely think that this is definitely a step in the right direction um I don't think that it's all of it you know like there, there is definitely a lot more um that we do that we can do yeah so where does where do autonomous trucks fit on your radar do you think that there's something that are five years away 10 years away 50 years away never coming or we're going to have uh, or are we going to have elon musk's uh, trucks on our on our roads uh, before the year is out um oh look it's for me um even before i started um uh this this um in the transport industry, probably about four or five years ago, people have been talking about, why are you getting into it? Self-driving trucks are coming. They're going to take our jobs, you know? Like, um, yeah. Um, look, it, it hasn't really happened, <laughs> you know? We can't stop buying things online, you know? Um, there's actually quite a bit of a driver shortage um, as well. well. Won't technology help with that if we don't have enough drivers as... Is it up to you know? Is it appropriate to consider technology to step into the the driver's seat to step up? Oh, I, I for the robots. I definitely think so. I just don't think that the that the technology is quite there yet. Yeah, um, I think I was watching an interview um, with uh, Mercedes who are actually testing, and even the the lead engineer he he even said that yeah, not even a decade away. So. That's, oh. a, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And so when you think about this with your team and your workforce, yeah. how, how do you think that will land? Do you think we will be having driverless technology that's going to augment your team? Or do you think we will see a displacement of of roles? Will it mean that you know, trucks can go longer, but uh, you know, the, the, the truckie has, has a, you know, a different a different role than what they have today, for instance? I think it will play out very, very slowly. Yeah. i um not quite sure how that will play out, but no, I, I do think for the next wee while, yeah, definitely the truck driver would definitely be around to stay. That, you know, and the truck, yeah, they, they might not be actually driving, <laughs> you know. They might, you know, be just one hand on the wheel, something like that. They could be even be an engineer, you know, just having a look at all the metrics, making sure that it's all going well. Um, maybe there's a huge element that is self-driving, but there's still actually a person in the truck. Because that's certainly well. where it is in the US at the moment. And, uh, you know, where we see driverless trucks, they're not, drive, you know, they're not driverless in those no. regards. So you've, got, you've certainly got a level of autonomy, but you've very much still got the, the truck driver there with the vehicle. And I, you know, I think when we, when we look at how varying technologies are developing, we do see, for instance, 
the likes of Tesla's autopilot, that does a pretty good job on the motorway or, or freeway as it is in the US. And you can see there will be cases where that type of technology, where it's it's very simple, it, all the traffic's going in, in one direction and there are very clear lane markings and there are signs and so on, mm. that that's probably not too hard for technology to to do a reasonably good job of without needing to be 20 years down the track. But then you look at all the oddities that we have in New Zealand and some pretty poor roads and unsealed roads and all mm. sorts of things. Mm. And, yeah, there, there, there's uh, there's definitely some some. Uh, challenges. I think yeah. it's uh, it's pretty 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 easy to see that at this at this stage. Absolutely. Um, there is also people still have to get used to the tech as well. Um, it's quite out there, you know, at this stage. Um, uh, you know, when you're flying, um, everyone's got a smartphone now. You can basically get your boarding pass on the on the phone. You know, but people still choose to have a paper-based, you know, boarding pass, things like that. Um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. We, st- we, st- we, st- we, st- we, like, we still like our paper to a degree. Exactly, and we yeah. still want... Yeah. Uh, we still want a human behind the wheel, I don't think. <laughs> you know, especially, like, what, driving, you know, this, this huge God, how-many-ton truck, you know, on, on, the, yeah. on the road. Yeah. Um, I would probably see a lot more self-driving like on fixed routes before, mm, mm, you know, mm. just going on, on an open road. Yeah. You know? Um, there's and, also- and that's where we've seen the technology, for instance, in the mines in Australia, right? So, you know, fleets of, of vehicles that are self-driving to a degree, although there was there was an incident, you know, not, not too long ago where there was some sort of communications issue and uh, uh, it... it, it to, it fell apart a little bit, so yeah. yeah even in those scenarios, not uh, not quite perfection just just yet. So exactly, and um, I think five uh, G will play a big part into this as well. You kind of wouldn't mind those uh, instant reaction times, you know. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, and what is what else is there? Um, there, there? There is technology there. I think they're testing it out of. You know, you would still have one person sitting in a control room and you'd still be able to control a, a vehicle, you know? Mm. Yeah, instead of something fully autonomous, you know? Yep. yep. I just I just think that there is quite a long way to go. Mm. Um, mm. But I think that the hype is, you know, the, the, the hype is there. But, um, yeah, I mean, look at, you know, another type of transport that we've seen, like, kind of, firstly, there was Uber, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. who's got an Uber? Who's got a Prius? You know, a lot of people. And what else was there? Hey, a smartphone, you know? What is a mm-hmm. GPS, you know? And now we're, you know, seeing the next, we've seen like the next wave, which is um, all those uh, electric scooters, you know? That, that's also transport. Yeah. What is it? Like, that's mm-hmm. been around for years, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? A scooter, electric with GPS, connected to a software with your smartphone, and look, look you know? That's that's simple, you know, not like a full self-driving vehicle. 
Um, I want a self uh, self uh, self balancing self driving uh, scooter. Yeah, 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 yeah. All, yeah. These, thing, all these things are possible. Yeah, um, all these things. I are guess possible. it's going to it's going to keep uh, improving if the if the numbers add up and get the safety and those other other bits of, bits and pieces exactly. right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, the the likes of Lime and and so on will exactly. Uh, will, yeah, there's, there seems to be plenty of room for them to keep innovating anyway at a, at a faster pace. Absolutely. Also, yeah. with the uh, with the trucks as well, I'm. You got to think about the, the the battery on them as well. You know, you're towing at like what I don't know over twenty five tons. How long is it going to last? Okay, you know? when we move to electric. Yeah, when yeah. you move to electric. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, won't be won't won't be a problem. Just won't have induction charging and all the, <laughs> all the streets will rip up the motorways and uh, just charge everything as it's driving along. Can I don't sp- I don't think that's quite realistic. Can my smartphone at least last over twenty four hours? Uh, you know, like, you know? <laughs> Yes, yeah. we still have some challenges, don't that's we? That's right. Yeah. Yep, yep. All right. Now moving on, uh, Spark Sport in the spotlight. Again and uh, and and Sky. So uh, Sky br- brought down their uh, fan pass uh, pricing last week. I think uh, around forty percent. Uh, and then so that seemed uh, you know seemed seemed like a uh, a smart move on their part. And then today we've had. Um, Yes, that was yeah. Sky bringing down the fan pass price, and now we've got Spark Sport. You could say they're bringing down the price of watching the Rugby World Cup compared to what it used to be with uh, with Sky, mm. and they've got a, a range of price points, and they're doing it on sort of a model that is reasonably familiar in the in the digital world, uh, buying tickets and and so on to events. Um, so they're starting out with an early bird, or they're calling it super early bird price. So if you sign up uh, by the end of May, you'll pay just uh, one cent under sixty New Zealand dollars uh, to you know have access to all the Rugby World Cup twenty nineteen content, uh, also including their you know archival content and and bits and you know, exclusive content in, in addition to the actual uh, games themselves. Uh, if you wait until 1st of June, then it goes up from 59 to 79. And if you wait through to 11th of September, then it's going to be at a full price of just, just shy of $90. So, I mean, it it would seem to me to make sense that if you want to watch it, now's the time to uh, to go and uh, uh, and commit and to you know and to spend that money. They are also going to be doing a match pass that'll cost twenty five dollars to watch a single game, which sounds. How does it sound? It I mean, it sounds to me if you're expecting to want to watch a whole bunch of games, then you'd you'd sign up. If you're holding out. For maybe final, semi-final, sure, and you would actually come in cheaper by taking that approach. And bearing in mind that there will be quite a big uh, chunk of the games, uh, especially the games that include New Zealand. I think virtually all of those are going to be available on t- uh, on air with uh, with t- TVNZ. So there's going to be um, you know a big a big chunk 
of games that you can just watch free to air anyway. Now, the interesting bit around Spark's uh, email that came through this morning was also saying, effectively, this is the way I took it. It might not be what they wanted to communicate, but effectively they're hedging their bets. So if everything falls over, then TVNZ will be able to, at short notice, deliver, and this could be the final (laughs) of the Rugby World Cup, and of course we're hoping, expecting that the All Blacks will be in it and will win it, Uh, but TVNZ would be able to put that game at short notice onto their Duke channel and deliver that. So if we were to see something like what happened with the FIFA uh, World Cup Last year in Australia, where Optus had major dramas with yeah. streaming, uh, then hey, they've they've got all those bases uh, covered. Yeah, you know, in terms of what this would cost them, and and you know how that would actually play out, that would not be a, a particularly nice uh, picture for Spark. No, and it would seem silly to let it come to that. Although there's a there's a little part of me that says by by. By all by by laying this out right now that that's an option, it almost encourages those who don't have a great setup for for streaming, whether it be a poor internet connection, be it poor Wi-Fi around the house or whatever. Mm. Look, just jump on social media and make a big noise uh, during the Rugby World Cup, and if enough people do it, then it'll sort of force Sparks' hand to go. Okay, this hasn't mm. worked. Mm. Uh, look, yeah, we're going to give it to you, you know, entirely on uh, on free to air TV. Mm. So there's a little bit of risk I feel mm. with this approach that 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 they're taking. Mm. What are you What are you thinking? What's your What's your take on it? Because <sighs> I mean, streaming streaming is hard. I'm exactly. And, and in fact, I saw the Herald this afternoon. Uh, Simon Muta saying, well, yeah, there's going to be some people in the regions that won't be able to stream the Rugby World Cup. I mean, that's that's just sort of obvious that there are some people that don't have that type of connection. But there's a whole lot between those that just flat out can't get it or can't get it at any sort of quality and those who will have it, in theory, presuming everything works according to plan, those who will have it working perfectly in their homes, which... By my mind, those who expect to have it working best would be those who have a good modern TV with the apps built into the TV. There's an Ethernet cable running into your TV. That's hooked into your router, and you've got a yeah, ideally a fibre connection uh, into your router or, or, you know, or a good, fast internet connection, uh, ideally sort of you know, 50, 50 megabits or, or more. People that are in that that circumstance, as long as Spark doesn't drop the ball, virtually guaranteed of getting a good result. As long as there's you know nothing that that falls over within our uh, um, you know broadband infrastructure, <laughs> yeah. and as long as their uh, their their CDNs or content distribution networks sort of you know hold up. So you're going to have you know there's, there's two ends from working flawlessly to not working, but there's going to be just about every point in, belie- in between. I believe anyway. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, look, I hope it works. <laughs> I really, really do. Yeah. Um, and good on them for having a, uh, a fallover option. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 it is good to have that. that. Yeah. So how, do you have a full-size TV at home? 
I do. I have two fifty-ish inches. Okay. <laughs> yes. And do you have those plugged into Ethernet? Um, no. Where I, I mean, I can, but where I am, so technically, you could if you really needed to. Where I but live, most people don't, right? No, it's pretty, it's, it's it's pretty p- unusual to have an Ethernet cable into into your TV, and that that's where you know I think we've got this difference between what people are used to, and particularly those that aren't you know very very tech savvy and they're used to having a skybox that has a physical coax cable running from their sky set top box to the satellite dish and you know other than the sort of rain fade type issues and in most cases with that sort of setup it's quite predictable what is going to happen? In fact, it's very, very, very predictable, right? Except if the weather, you know, turns. Sure. <laughs> so there's, there's um, a potential on that front. But when you compare that to all manner of different technologies in homes and different levels of interference on people's Wi-Fi and all sorts of technical skill levels, it's not just a matter of, okay, your skybox is connected through a HDMI cable to your TV, and you've got a remote control, and you turn it on and and hit play. There's hundreds of variations, so uh, I I think we're going to have a an interesting time. And but it is a necessary time because we have to go through this transition. We don't want to be a country that's not adopting new technology. And I think that enough people have spoken that they don't like Sky holding onto the form, you know, monopoly and control of everything. Exactly. I hope Sky step up and yeah. and, and and move forward. Uh, but yeah, I think we've we've got to go through this, and some people are gonna are yeah. gonna be a little bit upset. Some yeah. people are gonna be a lot upset. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Spark are gonna be the brunt of it. So uh, to all our listeners at Spark. Do your best. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know what else to say. There, there will be some pa- people that are that are going to go through. Yeah, you, you have to have a bit of thick skin because it, it just it just can't go perfectly for uh, for everyone through this process no. for for better or for worse. Yeah. So there we are. Uh, Rocket Lab in the media again. Now Rocket Lab doing some uh, some good stuff. I got to got to say and. I think you know we've had a launch, uh, and there's going to be another uh, another launch before the uh, end of April, if all goes uh, according to plan. But the headline about uh, Rocket Lab that really caught my attention last week is they're building uh, this platform for customizable satellites. So basically, they've got all the building blocks. You want to put something up. Uh, in space, they're going to make that very easy for you. So you don't have to do all the years of, well, I, you know, I really want to have a satellite up there that's going to monitor this or take a photo of that and so on. Now, you know, the bits that take photos and those elements, uh, you know, there's a lot of that technology that's available off the shelf. Mm-hmm. But building a satellite that can go up in space, that's been a pretty challenging piece. So by Rocket Lab saying, hey, we will do a huge chunk of this for you by having a platform that you can add uh, your sensors and, and um, you know, other bits and pieces onto, 
is really going to speed it up, I think. And this is is a I mean a genius move. I've got to got to say this is uh, really smart from uh, Peter Beck and the and the Rocket Lab team to be uh, taking this approach. Because you know already Rocket Lab uh, by bringing down the cost of being able to get uh, a rocket into space and by having these uh, increasingly regular uh, launches is uh, you know is huge for the industry. But then also having their own platform uh, to really speed up how long it takes somebody uh, to be able to develop their own satellite. Hey, I, th- I think it's a stroke of uh, stroke of genius. I think so too. It's- Really, really exciting times coming ahead. Um, yeah, yeah, oh, it's, it's 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 great. So, um, anyone that's interested in um, in what Rocket Lab are up to, the, the Herald have, have put put together a whole bunch of stuff. Um, now, the other place where you can read a little bit about Rocket Lab uh, is this new website that Callahan uh, Innovation have been. Uh, uh, working on behind the scenes. Now, I guess this has come off the back of um, visit to one of the visits, uh, maybe to Israel, because they're using a, a platform that's uh, that, that's in use uh, in Israel, and this is a site that uh, that they've put put together to share a little bit of the. Um, yeah, would, yeah, would you put it? I guess you know, help people find out what's going on within the tech startup and and um, investment community in New Zealand. It's sort of trying to join join some of the uh, some of the dots out there. Now, I guess there's there's part of me that's uh, scratching my head a little bit about this platform. Um, they're calling it Scale Up NZ, uh, the gateway to New Zealand's innovation ecosystem. And the idea is that they'll have on there the the, the firms that matter. Uh, there will be news items about those firms. There'll be information about who's funded them. There'll be uh, the lists of uh, of the the investors that are behind the firms, and so you'll be able to look and search on on varying uh, basis. Now, you know their initial uh, info certainly is. Um, uh, very, very. I mean, they're they're they're, um, they're trying to very much stand out, and, and you know, in fact, they're kind of saying that, hey, we're um, you know, we're the best. We're the best place to get this information. The bit that's 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 just got me scratching my head a little bit is it, it does appear as though they're crossing over a little bit with the technology investment uh, network uh, who produced the Tin One Hundred report and and other stuff. And you know, look, I haven't dealt into it too far, so I'm not sure. You know how you know I would like to think that they're complementary to what we already have. It's it's always a little bit odd when uh, you know a, a, a government entity uh, uses our money to maybe try and do something that uh, is steps on the toe of you know what what appeared to be um, what appears to be you know a, a really good uh, local uh, offering in terms of what uh, tin uh, provide today so you know I hope they ultimately end up becoming complementary uh, you know rather than 
um, you know, some something that has a sort of a negative impact on the uh, the great work and the the, the research and uh, so on of um, of of tin with the technology investment network. So. We'll wait and see. Uh, if you're interested in having a look at that, go to scaleup.nz. Now, it looks today as though they're still getting their head around launching that because when you when you go to that link, scaleup.nz, it takes you to new-zealand.globalfinder.org. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. It's a sub you know subdomain of global globalfinder.org. This must be uh, you know some other. Uh, global site so I thought well let's have a look at the parent site globalfinder.org and uh, I went ahead and navigated to that and all I got was a a GoDaddy page <laughs> saying welcome this page is park free uh, courtesy of, of, of GoDaddy um, it, 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 yeah that, that, I mean it's it, it, it's very odd I mean certainly you know I, I would you know never um, you know, allow our clients, you know, to to launch something like that. It looks very, very haphazard. Uh, like they, you know, I don't know whether it is, you know, what it is that they don't understand. Whether it's supposed to land on um, the other domain name, but it, it it looks a bit haphazard and doesn't certainly doesn't look very professional. So, um, you know, I guess they will they will get through that, and they're only just they're only just launching it. So, uh, you know, we need to cut them cut them a little bit of slack, but. It, it reminds me a little bit of uh, like when the um, the Northern Tollway uh, launched north of uh, north of Auckland, and there was an online you know space where you could go uh, to pay for that, and yeah, you know, a whole lot of government money's got thrown into uh, uh, into this thing. And it wasn't a secure website yet. They expected you into your credit credit card details, and this sort of look looks a little bit like that. It doesn't, um, yeah, just 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 a little bit haphazard. Um, but you know, I'm sure give give them a few days, and they will have uh, you know ironed these things out. And uh, you know, we know what it's like, and certainly in the startup world, with launching a minimum viable product and all that sort of stuff. So um, you know, I, I guess they're they're probably doing this kind of uh, uh, lean and mean. Um, they do have. There's a quite a bunch of information on there, and you know we jumped onto this after uh, uh, talking about Rocket Lab. So you can you know go in there and find a little bit about uh, uh, Rocket Lab's varying funding rounds and 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 who's put money in. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't have all the the information, uh, but there's you know there's a mix of of the sort of big multinationals in there. Um, they've got a section on on hubs where where they. Uh, they they look at um, you know varying players as accelerators in there and uh, uh, and 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 so on and then you've got the uh, the investors and um, yeah I th- you know I th- I, th- I think there's some some good info in there I don't know to what uh, depth uh, what what depth and and what level. Uh, they've gone on a lot of these things. For instance, you can look up K1W1, uh, which is um, Sir Stephen Tyndall's sort of an, an investment um, entity. And, you know, of course, he's, he's inv- invested um, yeah, lots of money in, in the likes of uh, uh, Rocket Lab, but, you know, all sorts of other ones in there that you, you may or may not be, uh, be aware of. Uh, and yeah, they've they've pulled in all this information from you know I'm not exactly sure where they've they've sourced it from, 
but I, you know, I guess the sort of hoping going forward that some of these entities will will jump in there and update it so that they don't have to pay their own people to update yeah. it uh, and they keep it accurate. And um, yeah, I guess we'll we'll see over time, uh, you know, how that flies. But uh, as I say, you know, I hope uh, we, we still have uh, you know, pl- plenty of space for for those that are uh, really getting out there and and uh, and doing a great job of, of capturing. Uh, information around you know what's happening from a technology investment perspective in New Zealand, um, like the technology investment network. So uh, yeah, let's let's see how that progresses. Um, now, one thing is I haven't ha- we haven't had uh, Greg Shanahan from uh, uh, from Tin on the New Zealand Tech podcast. So certainly I'll be inviting him on at some stage. Keen to hear uh, more about what they're doing, and uh, at some stage we will uh, um, schedule in and, and hear a bit more about scale up in. From uh, from Callahan uh, as, as well, and uh, that'll give us a bit of a bit of a better picture on you know ex- exactly where they're uh, where they're positioned. All right, now we uh, before we before we finish uh, finish up the show, we have a few more things to talk about. Um, first, firstly, last week we tried to squeeze in a bit of a chat. Around uh, earbuds and uh, time didn't quite uh, allow, so just want to have a have a quick chat on that. So try been trying out Apple's new um, ear ear AirPod Two. Is that what they're called? Oh, I get mixed up with all these <laughs> different names. Um, and then the Galaxy uh, Galaxy Bud, um, the Galaxy Buds. So. I was kind of curious to see which would be uh, which would be the best, and in actuality, they're both they're both pretty cool. The Apple product we mentioned probably a couple of weeks ago looks exactly the same as the the, the AirPod One, but wirelessly chargeable. So I've been finding that quite nice. I can just sort of you know lean them on my wireless charger at home or at the office, and and away they go. So. I don't think I've actually ever had to plug, um, you know, plug the case in because there's usually a wireless charger uh, around, and it's also the same with the uh, the, the charging case uh, for the um, the Galaxy Pod as well. So that that aspect is probably very uh, very very similar, um, or Galaxy Buds actually they're called. How do the Galaxy Buds? Like feel in your ears? Do they fit well? You know, there's there's been a lot of talk. Of, yeah. I, I do have a, a pair of um, pair of the Apple ones, uh, first generation, of course. They look exactly the same, by the way. But yeah, how how do they fit in your ears? Well, yeah. I I like them from the fit perspective, but I'm not sure that everybody will. So this is going to you know maybe comes down a little bit to to what you like. Mm. The Galaxy Buds. Block out a bit more noise. They, oh, that's they've good. actually they you know they fit in very snugly, yeah. and they've got a little uh, I guess wing you could call it little rubber wing. And when I put them in the air, I give them a little bit of a twist, and right. then that holds them in in such a way that they they can't sort of fall out. Yeah, and, and I mean they prob- probably could, yeah. but they're kind of locked in right. into into your ear. So you put them in and you give them a twist. It's a little bit like right. you know turning a, a bottle cap or something like that. It's not just yeah. going to fall out. Whereas I do find from time to time 
that the uh, Apple AirPods and the AirPod 2s will will fall out. They're sort of gravity-driven. So it depends on, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly what you're doing, but it's possible or I think it's more likely to drop them. And that's been my experience so far. Mm. I drop them all the time. Right. I can't go running. Yeah. And the Apple Pods, they always fall out. You can kind of feel it getting loose, a little bit more loose, (laughs) a little bit more loose. And then they're out. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So, so yeah, in that running situation, oh, you, need to, you really probably need to look How at How much a, are they at again, a, you know? A, uh, <laughs> Not the cheapest, product, you know? Right? Yeah, they, I mean, yeah, they're, they're you don't want them products, falling out, right? you know? So, yeah. yeah, so, look, that's, the, the, the nature of them is that they are really small, they're really easy to, you know, keep the charger in your pocket, pull mm. them out, use them when you need to. Mm. But they don't cover all all scenarios. Yeah. Uh, in terms of call quality, neither of them are are perfect. So you know, I still find you get a better a better quality. You know, holding your phone up to your ear, mm. and you know, part of that is to do with the way that Bluetooth sort of seem, seems to work when mm. you when you're doing calls. You can get really good quality, and I haven't delved into the the technicalities of this so I'm sure there's a listener that, that knows more about this and has researched it a lot more than I um, but you can get you know pretty pretty decent quality listening to music in AirPods yeah. but that's when it's just pushing audio to you that's when right. you when you're in that mode where you're um, you know you duplex I suppose you're talking and listening at the same time I fi- I find it's it's not as good. And in fact, I had a call this this, this afternoon for uh, Radio New Zealand's Checkpoint show, and I thought, oh, let's let's try these out uh, for the interview because you know, in, in theory, you know, maybe especially using two of them, that's going to give a really good audio quality. But the the Bluetooth aspect aspect of it, I think, um, you know, took took enough of an edge off the quality that they said. No, good try, Paul. But you know, can 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 uh, can you please put them back in their case and uh, just just you know hold the phone to your ear, sort sort, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, I I um I use them mm. quite a bit. My my AirPods, yeah, they're fine for music. Mm. Um, they I really like the bass, you know, that comes out of them. However, yeah, when it comes to calling. Personally, a little bit of a hit and miss. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I, yeah, if a call well, if that's, comes yeah, through. If that's, that's your experience. I always, funny enough, I always go back to the um, to the earphones, wow. you know, just wow. wired. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I don't okay. want to do that, you know, because, yeah. yeah. you know, why going around? But I just find it's a lot more reliable and. Maybe there's a bit, of, bit more room for innovation yeah. here. Maybe Bluetooth 6 is going to solve it all for us. However, I would say that, um, I would say uh, connecting them is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah um, very, very, very with, with easy, those new isn't it? chips. Yeah, um, and yeah, I've, I've, I've also recently um, newly bought a, uh, a two pairs of uh, Beats as well mm. with the same chip, and yeah, it connects beautifully. Yeah, calls, yeah, same, same, similar, okay. similar. But okay. yeah, I'd still prefer either on your ear, or if I'm, you know, I want to be hands free. Yeah, the, the wide right. is the way to go. And by the way, with the Samsung ones, um, how, how do you think they look? Because <laughs> that's been a bit of a talk with the, you know, the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you I, think I, they look? I haven't given the look much thought. Actually, <laughs> I think both of them look better than the than the old sort of Bluetooth, you know, hanging oh, hanging yeah. over your ear type yeah. thing that that never really caught on, and and in part because it kind of just looked 
weird. Um, so yeah, I, I haven't thought too much about that. I, yeah, and you know, I don't really get caught too much caught up in that sort of stuff too much. Uh, the the other thing that sort of stood out for me is that the Samsung ones are louder. So the oh. um, you know from a volume perspective, it, it seems by default that you get a better result out of the Galaxy Buds if you're after, you know, loud volume. You are right. Which might do some damage on your ears. So yeah. just, you know, damage to your ears. So be cautious of that. Uh, Bass-wise, they sounded really impressive oh, for wow. something that's sitting in here. I was, yeah, quite sort of shocked, actually, of like, oh, this is, yeah, this is pretty rocking. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, quite neat from that perspective. Now, the louder volume means, because you do tend to hear a... a, a uh, I don't know. I, f- I find that with with both of them at at times that you get seem to pick up a little bit more sort of noise coming mm. through in your uh, in your calls. Mm. Not not all the time, uh, but the Galaxy Buds seem to have a bit more of that sort of backgroundy noise. Oh, right. I think part of that was because the volume was just higher. Mm. So you know, if you bring the volume down, you're not going to notice that as much. Uh, and maybe the smart smarts that are uh, in the um, Apple AirPod uh, 2 is, you know, maybe cuts cuts some of that out. That was the impression I got when I did a bit of a switch backwards and forwards oh, right. uh, on them during during a call. I did a few test calls like that. Uh, so, yeah, probably cool quality-wise, leaning towards the Apple. Uh, but, yeah, the, they're both... They're both good good products, uh, and you can use a Samsung on you know, it, you know, virtually anything that is going to support Bluetooth. That's true. <laughs> um, so yeah. you know, I've been waiting for um, a Galaxy S10 Plus that using the final release software to come through, which just came through uh, today. So I you know haven't given them a good run on that, uh, but gave them a run on the Huawei uh, P. 30, 30 Pro, Ooh, nice. which been really enjoying that from from a camera perspective. Uh, you know, there's 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 definitely some uh, some some very nice you know benefits of their, their zoom and and their, their night shots. Uh, but some of the shots definitely come through better on the other phones as well. So it's wow. not it doesn't beat you know it doesn't give you the the best photos in every single circumstance, oh, really? but it seems to be the one that. That uh, you know is 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 pushing the limits uh, more than anything else at the moment. Uh, How many lenses have they got again? Is it three? Well, you've got uh, technically they say four, four, four on the back. One of those is more a time of flight sensor, so right. it's getting the distance, and then the other ones are actually used uh, for photos. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was just in uh, Australia over the over the over the weekend and. There were definitely some photos that were like, "Oh, that looks a lot better on the on the iPhone." Right? Um, oh, really? On the that, iPhone? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Wow. So you know, Apple and Samsung and Huawei are all sort of you know they're all pushed, and it's not just them, of course. But you know, we're just seeing a whole lot of innovation, and there are you know slight. They've each got their own uh, you know their own strengths where they stand out a bit more mm. uh, than the others, mm. and in terms of just sort of you know coloring and. Uh, and yeah, just the look on some of the shots, uh, they, they were they were better, a bit more consistent on the on the iPhone. 
Um, but yeah, enjoying the zoom and, and some of the sort of night shooting that you can do on the uh, Huawei P30. And I'm looking forward to spending some more time uh, with the Samsung Galaxy S10 Plus and and you know really putting its camera a bit more, but more through the paces because I, I had a couple of issues with the pre-release software uh, on the S10, and I didn't want to sort of you know drill in and talk too much about that on the show because that's not what the public was going to be using. It, no. It's a pity. It's it's you know it's, it's taken a little while to get. Uh, Hands on the final device, but you know we'll chat a little bit more about that on a, on a future show once I've spent some more time. Um, but look, yeah, these the the the, the um, you know new new options, the Galaxy Buds and the uh, the the AirPod uh, Two, yeah, very nice. Um, but look, if you're if you're weighing up, you got a particular thing, uh, yeah, well worth sort of considering what it is you want. And look, there are a bunch of people online that have reviewed these things too. I, I you know, I don't know, um, you know, the the best way to source that. But you know, my 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 feeling is if you you want loud and really, you know, punchy audio, uh, the Samsung seem to come come through a, a bit louder. Uh, if calling is more important, then I think probably the Apple ones have mm-hmm. given you an edge. And of course, the ecosystem you're in, right? Correct. Um, you probably, Absolutely. You know, most people wouldn't sort of mix up and no. Uh, but you can. You can use them both on yes. on. Um, That's true. You know, on on other phones, and you know, I've certainly been uh, been using the Galaxy Buds um, with, with the iPhone uh, too. You know, quite successfully. So, oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Um, although I just have have had a couple of dropouts with them. So, but I think there's probably this is my guess that there's actually a firmware update for the Galaxy Buds. Right. Uh, once I actually install the proper software oh, on the right. on the S10 Plus, I think there'll be a firmware update to uh, to I run see. there. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's through the bulk of the topics. Um, oh, one I did want to uh, I did want to men- mention. Now, this was something that came through last month, and I, and I sort of ignored it a little bit. Uh, is that we have um, we have an internet provider who are wanting to get the message out there about. Uh, I'm talking slingshot here. Get the message out there a little bit about. The importance of positioning your router in a good location so you get a good signal. And this is the sort of stuff, the sort of messages that we actually, you know, need to hear in terms of Rugby World Cup that, you know, depending on what your gear is, where you position it, these things will make a difference to the performance you will get when it comes to when it comes to streaming, when it comes to performance around the house, right? Uh, now, I'm not saying that their uh, router is necessarily the best and the fastest on the market, but to get this message out, they're doing this um, uh, sort of charity art uh, thing where uh, Slingshot are releasing four uh, different designs on their routers or their modems, as their their, their press release uh, says, uh, and they've basically got a you know um, you know a num- number of uh, number of well known uh, Kiwis you know who have done up uh, some art and basically. Uh, they're selling these uh, these routers, and the profits are going off to uh, the charities that are chosen by the uh, the individual uh, the individual parties. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's quite interesting. So what that they, what they've uh, what they've agreed to do for us is to um, have one of the, those available as a giveaway for the show, 
and we're just in the process of thinking through what the New Zealand Tech Podcast should look like for the future. So we've now been going for eight years, uh, fairly, fairly long time. Well done. And, uh, Amazing. Um, you know, in the, in the scheme of things, but it's time to rethink what should the New Zealand Tech Podcast look like. Uh, I'm not going to say it's going to look the same for the next eight years because uh, <laughs> we've really had some changes over the last eight, but what could we do to improve the show? That could be that we slice and dice it up into smaller pieces. Maybe we have... I don't know, um, you know, a shorter show, but more regularly, maybe there'll be two a week. Maybe we cut the news up and separate that from some of the other uh, interview type things. Uh, there's really a whole, uh, all manner of uh, possibilities. Maybe we fire me as host and find somebody else. Uh, all sorts of possibilities anyway. So um, I'm really keen to hear from people about what they think. And, you know, I don't mind whether it's, you know, criticism, hopefully it's constructive, <laughs> but you know, I'm very keen to look at, you know, what would the ideal New Zealand tech podcast look like and sound like? Uh, we've got the video element that we've been, you know, sharing quite a, quite a bit on, uh, on Facebook uh, recently as well. So, you know, how does that play in? Uh, but very keen to hear feedback. So we, we will have some other giveaways as well, but this, this one will be in the list as uh, a, a slingshot, uh, uh, modem or router uh, from uh, with with one of the one of the designs. So, uh, if you're interested in helping out with the next phase of the New Zealand Tech Podcast, please go to nztechpodcast.com/slash/survey, and that link should be online by uh, by Wednesday morning. And yeah, jump jump on there and uh, and share your thoughts. Really looking forward to to hearing feedback. And really developing the New Zealand Tech podcast into its, you know, into its next uh, next phase. Exciting should be should be fun. Awesome. So yeah, and and look, there's uh, there's designs there from uh, Tim Shadbolt. <laughs> Uh, who are the other ones? There were um, uh, radio broadcaster Megan Anir. Uh, you got Jason Gunn in there, uh, and. Um, uh, comedian Mel Bracewell. So yeah, some uh, some some quite cool designs. Uh, don't have the uh, the router in front of me at the moment, but um, their media folks have assured me that they uh, they have one of those available for giveaway. Uh, as I say, we will have some other giveaways as well, and we've yeah, we've had some reasonably good giveaways over the over the period. So um, that survey will will be running um, for a little a little while, and then once that comes to an end, we'll uh, we'll do a little bit of a draw and um, and dish those things out. Don't feel as though you need to be saying anything nice in the survey uh, to win a prize. It's it's all uh, just going to be random. So look if you've if you've got suggestions or things that bug you about the show or things you you think we should have, then look fire fire them fire them through. Let's let's see what we can do uh, to make the New Zealand Tech Podcast even uh, even even better. Because I think we're we're okay at the moment, yeah. but there's always there's always room to uh, to freshen things up. Absolutely, yeah. Now, uh, Leonardo, I was sort of keen to we, you know we chat a little bit about at the beginning um, about uh, tech and the transport era. We talked in the middle there a little bit about mm. autonomous vehicles. Um, mm. Just curious, anything else you'd you'd like to add around how you're using you know technology in your business that you think would be of interest to uh, to listeners? Yeah, so um, 
I'm in the industry. I'm pretty young. I, I presume to own a transport like industry. How old are you? <laughs> you don't have to, don't <laughs> no, have to no, tell no. us. No, I'm, I'm 33, currently yeah. 33 years old. That's um, awesome. Yeah, predominantly um, older male with a, a more background in, in trucking, I presume. And here's me, tech enthusiast, you know. You know. Um, yeah. But you, you really, you've been applying technology to your, you know, your business the whole way through, right? What's your t- firm called? So um, the two companies, um, so Recur Transport and also Freight Plus. So um, Empty Container, Bulk Empty is Recur and also General Freight is uh, Freight Plus. Right. So, um, yeah, look, I love innovating. Um, there's still a lot of paper-based systems um, in, in, in the transport like industry from timesheets to proof of deliveries that things need things and all that um look i'm yeah but i think that there's more of an efficient way to to do things um you know in 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 the sector right so you're you're wanting to apply that sort of technological startup type thinking to to what you do and and bring that and you know and i think that's probably been part of you know part of your success uh, to to date, because you've got how many trucks out on the on the roads of New Zealand now? Oh, far out. Um, so I think we have about probably under fifty at the moment um, in total um, across the two companies. Um, yeah, it's grown pretty quickly. Oh, we've only been around for four years, four or five years. Mm, so mm, yeah, mm, that's great. Yeah, it's exciting times ahead. So. Excellent. Yeah. So well, thanks for coming and hanging out on the show and sharing some of your uh, thoughts and look, we'll be you know, look, looking forward to uh, watching what you do and, and seeing the business grow and uh, you know, no doubt hear a bit more in the future around how you're using uh, technology to, uh, to help with that. Good stuff. Now, where do people track you down on online? Um, easy. Uh, I've got an awesome handle. It's just uh, Leonardo Law. So you can find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. That's good. And uh, listeners can track me down, Paul Spain, on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Very easy to find if you are connecting on LinkedIn. Uh, always great to hear how you how you connected, and uh, that you're a listener to uh, to the podcast. So yes, that's us for this week. Thank you everybody for joining us, and uh, don't forget to head uh, across now to nztechpodcast.com slash survey and share a little bit of feedback about the show. All right, catch you next week. See ya. See ya. Bye. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.